Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 46 of This Ocean Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Today's episode is brought to us by our great friends at Burnout Sun Care, a family-owned company based in Santa Cruz, California, specializing in chemical-free, environmentally friendly, and reef-safe sunscreens. Check them out online at burnoutsun.com. Now, today's episode, number 46, we speak with Sarah Gauthier, a young lady on a quest to dive all seven continents in five months to raise awareness for ocean conservation. Sarah shares her stories of finding her passion for scuba diving, teaching others to love and embrace the ocean as an instructor, and her time living and diving in Southeast Asia. We hear of Sarah's travels to dive destinations around the world and realizing the widespread of pollution in our oceans. Sarah shares her perspective and adventures diving in incredible locations such as the Bahamas, Egypt, Indonesia, Iceland, Australia, and preparing for her ultimate adventure coming up very soon, as of today, in Antarctica. So, plenty of great perspective about caring for our ocean while pursuing our own passion for a wonderful young woman of the ocean. So, thanks everybody for being here. Appreciate your support. Let's get out and do something great for the ocean today. And with that, let's get into the ocean life of Sarah Gauthier. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Thank you so much for receiving me. I'm really happy to talk with you. And uh, I I'm, I can't wait to chat and talk about all those stories. For sure. You know, um, and I probably start almost too many podcasts this way, but I saw you on Instagram just kind of scanning and you pop up on my feed and there's you scuba diving. That's really cool. But the thing that really caught my attention was five continents or all the continents diving in five months, right? And so I'm so stoked to hear why and how and who and where and when and all the different aspects of that. So that's really what we're going to talk about here. All right. So, <laughs> so this whole big project, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So let me start here. Um, where are you today, right now? And how far into your your five month trip are you with diving? At the moment, I am in California. Actually, I am in uh, San Clemente. Cool. And I am diving the North American continent. Uh, right now, I've been gone for almost five months, and I did Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, Whoa. and now I'm in North America, and I'm going South America next week, and I will end up in Antarctica in March. Whoa. Right. Oh, yeah. that, that is incredible. So when you, I have like so many different questions, but so let's start with, stay, stay with where you're at now. So you're, you're on the North American part of your journey, right? Um, when you go to a different continent, how do you decide where you're going to dive? There's so many different places and countries and everything. It's a really good question. And it's also a hard one. Um, usually I try to find a place where there's a special marine life, something mm -hmm. that I all, I've always wanted to see. And usually that's where I go as well. I do have a lot of friends around the world in the dive industry. And sometimes I will kind of go see them and sleep on their couch so yeah. I can save a few bucks there, here and there. So that's how I decide, yeah. Gotcha. So now that you're in North America, you're in Southern California, um, I'm guessing you're going to dive near and around there. What are the animals in North America or especially in Southern California where you're at that you're looking to go dive with then that drew you there? I was really looking forward to first dive in the kelp forest because uh, I'm from Quebec and we don't have, really have it. Um, so that was my first thing to see, the kelp forest, and also the sea lion. That was something that I wanted to see too. Yeah, nice. So did you go, you've done dives in, in the last, you've only been here for a couple of days, I believe, in Southern California. Have you made it into the mm -hmm. water? 
Yes, I did Charles oh. Cove and uh, La Joya's yeah. Cove, something like this. Nice. And it's been amazing. Like, visibility, I saw lobsters, stingrays, octopus. And then finally, yesterday morning, we went really early and I got the chance to to uh, film some sea lions. It was beautiful. And I even had a little tear. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. lie. It was my first experience and I loved it. Wow, that's awesome. So yeah. what about the sea lions? Like, I'm just curious because here I am. I grew up with these things. They're like, you know, um, they're, I've been in the water with these sea lions my entire life. I'm curious, this is one of an animal that where you're from you don't have, and so you're very interested to see them. So what, what, what about these animals kind of made you so excited to come out here and check them out? I, I don't know. It's just, it's like next level. I've seen a lot of shark, a lot of fish, but yeah. to see sea lions, the way they, they interact, I've heard they were really curious yeah. and that they would pose for you. Um, they play with you as well. The interaction is different than with fish, yeah. I think. Right. So that was really the thing, um, just being able to film them. And they played with me. Like I was spinning really? and they were spinning. It, it's really oh. the interaction that was interesting. That's so cool. They're so acrobatic and so graceful underwater with their big giant eyes looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> they were. So, I call them like sea poppers because yeah. they look like dogs. <laughs> I love them. Oh, wow. That's cool. Now, how about the kelp forest part? Have you dove kelp forests before? No, I've never been in kelp forest. Oh, wow. So I've been lucky to have like a little patch of it because I've heard um, with the weather and everything, mm -hmm. some of them got ripped off or something. But I, I saw kelp. So I was really happy to see like how it, how it grows and the way it is in the water. It's interesting in a videographer point of view. Right. Like to be able to film that. I, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Okay. So you've been diving to Southern California the last few days. You're on your North American part of your trip. And so where are you moving? Where are you going next? You said South America next week. Do you have other dives in California that you're going to do? Um, I'm not sure yet. I would like to make it to the Catalina, but the mm -hmm. weather is not certain for the next few days. So I don't know if I'll be able, yep. um, unfortunately. So we'll see how it goes. Also, it's pretty cold, so I need a dry suit to dive. <laughs> yeah, it's chilly, uh, huh? <laughs> It's a little bit different than what I'm used to, but um, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Yep. So I don't know yet where I'm going to be diving in California. I am going in a week and a half to the Galapagos. Oh, so wow. So that's it's a big dream of mine. Oh, man. Um, and it happened on the social media. I really? just, I just, I was asking to people that follows me, like, where should I go in South America? Um, and a, a company popped up and were like, hey, we would like to host you in Galapagos. Whoa, no and now I was like, what? Me? Like, I'm, I'm just a girl traveling, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm really lucky I'm going to be able to dive in, in Galapagos. Wow. So to talk about that, what does that trip look like? Is Are you staying on a boat and motoring through the islands or what's the what's the plan? I would love to be on the liveaboard, but unfortunately, it's uh, it's really, really expensive yeah. in the Galapagos. So I will be staying on land, but I will do day trip with the dive shop. Oh, wow. um, so they, basically, they let me jump on their boat. Since yeah. I'm qualified and right. I've got quite a fair amount of experience, they just let me jump and follow them with their guests. Oh, that's so, awesome. Lucky. Wow. So what island will you be on there in the Galapagos? Um, I'm going to be on island on Baltra. I think that's where I land. And in Santa Cruz, if I'm correct, Jeez. I'm going to be staying there and like going with boat to different dive yeah. sites yeah. there. That's like, like, like you, I agree. It's like an absolute dream of mine since being a kid, like a, the, the idea of these islands kind of being so remote and then B 
the marine life there, like the marine iguanas. I've never seen those. You know, there's giant tortoises, um, you know, on land and everything. And then there's sea lions there too. So you'll probably get more sea yes. lion action when you're down there, right? <laughs> Apparently penguins as well. Oh, yeah. But the main thing in Galapagos is the hammerheads. Oh. That's for me the main thing. I've been lucky because uh, I went to work in the Galapagos a few years ago. I'm a nurse for animals. So I had the chance to go work uh, with cats and dogs over there. So I've cool. seen all of them, but I've never dove with it because I was not a diver at that time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to go back and jump in the water. Oh, that's epic. To, like those big, the big schools of the hammerheads. Like, is that what you, when there's like hundreds yeah. or is there thousands? Like there's so many. There's so many. I've seen one in my life, uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see this kind of mass and see them closer, maybe get some good video, get yeah. some good shots. Oh, wow. That's going to be so awesome. Okay. So that's next week you're leaving for Galapagos and you'll be out there for how long? Mm, I'm going to be there from the 10th to the, like I'll be there eight days. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah, then from there, yeah. do you do more diving in South America or do you go on to Antarctic? Antarctica. Unfortunately, um, I'm running out of time and a little bit of money. Yeah. So this is going to be my South America, but it's like the top of it. So yeah. I, I've been in South America a lot earlier, so I dove it. But after I'm going back home and I'm starting my um, cold water training for Antarctica. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's serious. So I'm, start, I'm doing um, ice diving, even though we're not diving under ice in Antarctica. Yep. By doing the ice diving, it's really going to put me through rough conditions. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm going to be ready to be by myself in Antarctica. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll be with a group of diver, but I'm yep. still going to be by myself, you know, like be going around and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how much training is required for, for that, for that ice diving? Is it like a week, a few days or I've never it's, seen that or heard about or it, it. Yeah. I heard about it. I learned about it recently when I received my document on what I needed to do. Yeah. Uh, the 30 dive uh, with dry suit in cold water. Wow. But I'm from Quebec. So, yeah, so like you've been dry me, suit diving, yeah. For me, cold water is not is not that bad. Right. I like hot water, warm yeah. water, but <laughs> so you need thirty dives in dry suit, but it's more about equipment. So you need a dry suit, but you also need two regulator because if one breaks or freeze during the dive, you need right. to be able to switch to your next one. So yeah. you have a tank with two uh, regulator. Got it. So it's a lot of equipment and it's really heavy. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I'm pretty small. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's the challenge is to be able to move around and with that heavy equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But I'll be all good. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's, that's, that's going to be awesome to go do that, to see the life there. I mean, I have some friends who in my past did some marine biology who have worked on the, on the ice and just the stories you hear of just seeing what it's like that, that environment underwater with the animals there and the crustaceans and the fish. It's just living in that extreme cold is sounds like it's just incredible. Like another world almost in the ocean. Yeah. Penguins just being next to an iceberg, like yeah. next to the ice. And I'm, what I really want to see is the leopard, leopard Ooh, seal. Yeah. yeah. Um, the story of the leopard seal feeding the BBC photographer. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's been like, wow, I would love to swim and film a leopard seal. Maybe I won't get fed by it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, just being able to kind of have an interaction, uh, that would be for me the, the top. Oh, that would be incredible. Those guys are a little bit mean, right? They'll go after people. Um, I've heard, like, right? I read about it because I was a bit scared. Um, there's like one or two fatal accidents. Yeah. But in general, yeah. apparently, it's not that bad. Like, yeah. you don't go too close. You don't touch them, of yeah. course. Yeah, but gotcha. 
Gotcha. I should, I should come back. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I hope so. And I'm sure you will. Um, okay. So, so Sarah, let's rewind a little bit because, um, we're talking about an epic journey, a quest. You're doing some really cool stuff. Um, before we get to like why you're doing this and how you figured out that you wanted to do it, made the decision and did all the planning, take us back to just your life growing up in the water. And I'm not sure if that was in Quebec, but how you got interested in the ocean, interested in scuba diving, and basically until up until today, starting your trip. Okay, let's let's start to get back. Um, first of all, for those who don't know, Quebec is uh, in Canada and it's pretty north. It's pretty cold, so we have really rough winter, and we have the ocean. But uh, it's not like we don't go in the ocean often. We don't go a lot there, uh, a lot in the ocean. So my mother has been a scuba diver for over 25 years, but only when she would go in South America. Then she would go dive a little bit. And I was in university. I was studying biology and uh, Spanish. And I saw this this little uh, advertisement about scuba diving. And I was like, I would love to try so I could go with my mom in trips. <laughs> that was the first thought I had. Yeah. Um, then I, I did it. And the first time I took the first breath in the pool, I was like, okay, that's something going on right now. And I, I just loved it. Wow. Um, I did my first open water dive in a quarry at four degrees Celsius. Whoa. And they asked me to remove my mask and I'm wearing like thick gloves and I yeah, don't know what I'm doing. Do and I'm like, oh my God. So I did it. And really the first time I got, I knew this was something big for me. It was in Hawaii when I did my first open water dive. I dropped in and I saw everything. And oh, I was like, wow. okay, this is real right now. Wow. Yeah, all the problems stayed on the surface. We hear it a lot, but that's what it is, basically. Right. Like, everything stays on the surface. It's you and the nature. Right, right. So That's how the, I started. Oh, that's, that's dead on. So from the start, you were just so enthralled and so just connected with being underwater breathing and just the peacefulness of it yeah yeah definitely wow. um i've i've always liked animals i'm a nurse for animals like i said earlier so my connection with with animals has always always been really strong and being able to have it as well underwater was something special definitely right, right. so you you found this love for scuba diving and you did you sorry I, I might have missed this how old were you when that happened like time frame wise I was I was twenty three years old okay. twenty twenty two years old sorry so gotcha. it's it uh, it happened pretty late in my yeah. life yep. because in Quebec people don't really scuba dive it's not right. something really popular right so it took a while right definitely got it so it hits you hard you're twenty three ish it hits you hard and then what what's like how what do you have to do next to just build this really awesome life you have today of just diving around the world like what, how'd that go go down. Uh, it's a bit complicated, but basically I wanted to become a veterinarian and I've been refused uh, from school for four years in a row, even though I had really good grades. Yep, yep. Uh, and at some point I was like, you know what, maybe there's something more for me. So I started to travel and I first went in Thailand <laughs> and that's where I got a bit more satisfied, advanced, and then I got my rescue. Then I moved to Indonesia got it. and there was a big volcano and the volcano erupted when I was there. Whoa. So we couldn't fly out. There was ash, I think, ashes yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So we couldn't fly so I had the choice of doing some fun dive and pay for it or paying the same amount of money and do my dive master. Right. And that's when I decided to do it. And that's where my professional career started. Got it. And so now what? So you've, you've, you've got all these certifications, dive master, but now you've moved forward into, like you said, professional career. And so where did you take it from there? Um, after I dove, I worked over there and then I did my instructor in, uh, in Honduras, in Utila. Oh, and that's wow. when I really got the taste of 
teaching, like seeing people mm-hmm. going from fear to I don't know to oh my god, this is amazing. Um, going through the challenge of teaching people of knowing that they are really deeply scared, right. but you're there to hold their hands. Yeah. For me to share the passion of teaching, but also my passion for animals and marine life. Right. Uh, that's really what thrilled me, and then I started to work in uh, Grand Cayman. Yeah, doing that's more fun. more dive instruction in Grand Cayman. Yes, yes, that's where I was working for uh, 15 months. Yeah. So that leads me to just before the trip, I was working in Grand Cayman. Got it, got it. Okay, so before we start the trip then, so Grand Caymans, you've been in Honduras, Thailand, Indonesia, you've been all over the place. Um, of those places where you've basically you settled down for a little bit, maybe a few months, do you have a favorite of, of those places where you live for a little while? Uh, I think my heart. It, uh, there's a part of my heart in Indonesia, definitely the culture, the people that I met, yeah. some people that were my mentor that inspired me. Um, so the, and the marine life in Indonesia is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, also scanning on Instagram too, and, um, talk about some of the other certifications you have. So I think there was a shot of you like with the rebreather. So you've done some tech diving too. So talk about, talk about that or any deep water stuff or other, you know, fun offshoots of just regular um, dive instruction i do have a few certification uh, except like the normal one like lionfish hunter for the caribbean yep. this is something that i really like um for the rebreather i actually did uh, dsd so discover rebreather hmm. i am not certified but i wanted to try it and see what it what it was um i loved it but it's something different it's really? not like the normal scuba diving yeah. i thought i was going to be all right but i felt like i knew nothing and i was like at day one really it's that much different. I think the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the feeling that you have no idea what you're doing and I was like going up and down the buoyancy because you don't exhale. Like you don't, oh. you always have the same volume of air. Interesting. It's completely different. Wow. Um, the instructor, I had to hold my tank the whole yeah. time. Like for an instructor, for right. myself, yeah. having somebody holding my tank. Right. Yeah, that, that was like, that must but it's have, interesting. Yeah, that must have been very humbling being, you know, I mean, you've probably had racked up hundreds and hundreds of dives and all these certifications. And you're like, oh, I got this. Throw the, throw the gear on. You're just, you're I just didn't diving. Have it. And then you're just <laughs> like, whoa, just turned upside down. That's cool. So is that something you've continued to pursue, that, that, that rebreather, or is that or is something you plan to? Um, I am... I like I like technical things, but I'm more of I love enjoying the marine life and knowing that I'm safe. And rebreather is a lot. You need to always be looking at your dive computer, and it's really technical. Right. Um, for the moment, it's not something that I want to pursue, but I would like to do definitely sign months to do cave diving eventually. So yeah. this would be something more for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So now we we find you in, in Grand Caymans doing dive instruction. When did this trip that you're on today of diving all the continents in five months, where'd that come from? Where'd the idea come from? So I was working, um, people think that diving instructor is only like party and, you know, like (laughs) it's beautiful, you're living the dream, but it's not always like that. So I was working really hard, uh, long hours, and I was teaching a lot of kids as well. And every time I would teach kids, I would first bring them to the beach and would do a cleanup for five minutes. And I would just let them like put stuff in a bucket. And then after we would look at our treasure, what we found and try to make them realize that what they see in the, in, on the beach is actually what they use in, in life. Oh, yeah. And I could see uh, the sparkle in their eye when I was like, okay, you see, this is a shoe or this is a straw. When you go to McDonald's, do you take a straw? And I, I could see them literally become 
aware and understanding. And I knew that they were going to tell their parents and it was going to go like bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. So first, that was one of the reasons. And second, I was diving every day, like three to five, four times every day. And wow. I could see the pollution and I could see the environment changing. Hmm. So that was another thing. And I just felt like I needed to do something. I couldn't just stay and like lay, sit and do nothing. Right. So I was like, Sarah, what can you do with what you have, what you're good at? I was right. trying to see what, what I was good at. And that's when the ideas um, of social media. And I just woke up one morning, I sat down and I, I'm telling you that's how it went. And I was like, that's it, I've got it. And then I knew I was gonna do that to create something big, to have attention and then use this attention to yeah. go through a positive kind of how right. can we change things wow so very cool that's how it, that's how it happened really that's a bit boring but not at all <laughs> no, not I, at all. I had this idea it just hit it, you just like when you first time you threw a regular in your mouth jumped in the water the scuba instant and then your idea to do what you're doing today hit you yeah definitely <laughs> so okay so the idea was to travel around the world dive all the continents raise and have people like me and others, be like, wow, that's really cool. Let me hear what you're doing through social media. And that's basically a forum for you to talk about pollution and other things. So when you start on your trip, you mentioned um, like plastics and just garbage. And so what, what's what's the goal then? Like as you go from country to country, dive to dive, are you sharing like basically doing beach cleanups? Are you spreading awareness when you go there? So how do you like What's the deal kind of day-to-day with on the trip around that? Um, that? That's a really good question. So in my lifestyle during my trip, I use zero plastic. Well, I try to, let's be honest, yeah. because like yeah. it, nowadays Sometimes. it's a bit hard. But um, I always have my reusable cup, my reusable straw. I have everything with me and everywhere I go, I don't use plastic. I try to. And I also document it on my story in Instagram. So you will see me, for example, if I go get a smoothie, then I will put my straw and that's going to be, all right, guys, look, cool. I'm doing that. Yep. Uh, so that's the first thing is try to travel without plastic. Then I'm also filming some uh, videos on, on habits and how to change our habits. It's not out yet. It's going to be on my future website coming as well. Cool. Uh, I film one in front of the pyramid in Egypt. I film one uh, on a beach um, in Philippines. I film another one in shower somewhere else. Like I'm trying to kind of make it more original and not boring. Like you have to do this. You have to do this. It's more like, hey, look. Um, that's how I wash my hair. So then I wash my hair, you yeah. know, make it more fun. Try to get people involved, young people as well, giving stickers, just leading by example. I right. think that's my main thing is to show people that it's possible to have fun and to do things we love, but conscientious, conscientiously. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that idea. And I've, you know, there's so much too. And I, and I agree with that. The idea of leading by example is like, I think there's some folks who, like, so example, like some folks are able to, build like some fame and have a huge following. And so they have mm-hmm. this massive spread, you know, and, and they could share with the world. And we had somebody who's got an animal planet show for us, Galante. He was on this. It's a cool story. He was on a podcast, but he was on that naked and afraid show. And he <laughs> yeah. realized he had, and nobody knew who he was that he realized he had, a, you know, millions of followers. And he's like, wow, I can now share with them about the animals and educate people about this and that. And that's a great form. Then there's kind of the rest of us who are just average everyday folks who are doing this stuff who it is more about leading by example. You're doing a little bit of both. You're leading by example as you're building sort of this audience of people who want to follow you and watch you. And that'll grow over time. And so your ability to kind of spread the word even more is just will continue. It seems like very cool. Yes. Very cool. So then when you are, 
on these trips, um, again, you're picking the destination, the countries based on the folks you know there and the animals. So you're making these these are these are destinations for yourself. Have you seen? I should, if you would, let's do this. Start with the first the first continent you chose, and where was that, and what dive spots did you hit on that first spot, the first one? Okay, the first one was a really special one. I started in Iceland. I mean. Why not? Just yeah. because, <laughs> I mean, let's start big. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so, yes, I started in Iceland, and it was, I think, the most special places I've been. First, because the nature is raw. That's absolutely beautiful. Really? The diving is cold. Yeah. And it's special. So I went to two different places. The first one, I went to Silfra, which is the continental plate. So it's separate uh, America and Europe. So I could touch the two oh, continents wow. in the cool. same time. Yeah. Um, that was absolutely beautiful is the most pure water you can have the most clear. I think you have like 200 meter visibility. What? Really? Underwater. If it's night, you can see the stars from underwater. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I never um, heard I was, that. I, I was gearing up and people were coming next to me to fill their water bottle because the water is so pure. Wow. Lucky for them, I was wearing a dry suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, so that was the first destination. I was with uh, Dive.is, and they received me, and they gave me a private tour of cool. uh, the tectonic plate. So I was really, really lucky. I had also a photograph from Patty with me to, um, to take picture of everything. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so first one, and the second one, I think, was the most special dive in my life so far. Mm. So it was in the north. Uh, in a dive shop called Triton Dive Center. And over there, there's an underwater chimney. So it's the only place in the world where oh. you can dive with a thermal underwater chimney. So wow. the water coming out of it yeah. is actually warm. Crazy. So there's super crazy fish living around that. Yeah. Um, it was freezing, but then I, I went there and I put my hand, and then slowly they unfreeze, unfroze. Um, it was just, wow. It was like unique. And the people that run the shop, it's like in an old factory. It's beautiful. And really? I saw whales. I was in the thermal bath after, and there was whales. And No way. Yeah, I'm telling you, this was the most special experience I've had in my life. I would recommend it to anybody, definitely. Wow. So how deep was the spot where you went down to the, the thermal vent to put your hands in there? Was it deep, deep, or not too bad? It's not too bad. That's why it's the only place you can dive it in the yeah. world because there's a lot around the world. But you can dive the top. I think was twenty three meters. Oh yeah. Um. So it was it was all right. Yeah. Uh, but you still need to be careful because it like it's super cold, and you're not allowed to touch. Yeah. Because it's made of a special co coagulation between cold and hot water. The minerals they coagulate. Oh wow. And it takes many many years. Yeah. And if you were touching it you were out of the water. Right. Oh, they're so very, they're very cautious. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 They are super cautious. And I was like around, and I was like super scared to hit it. Yep. So, Cause you don't want to break something that took millions of years. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I never heard of that, the opportunity to go dive one of those and you got to do it. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like, I talk about it and I'm still like, wow, yeah. I can't believe I made yeah. it there. So I recommend it definitely. So you start your trip, and it's already epic, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then, so then, where do you go from there? So you, you dive Iceland, you dive the hydrothermal vent, which is in crazy cool. And then, what's what was next after that? So after that, what happened is that there's a Quebec TV show called Les Flots, 
from TV5 and they heard of my story and they invited me in Greece. So I got invited in Greece to go dive. Sweet. Like, I'm from... going to Greece, guys. <laughs> oh, wow. So I went there and I filmed a TV show uh, with them for a week, uh, around a week. Uh, when that was done, then I flew to uh, Egypt. I went to Egypt. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what you find in Greece? Was it what you – had you been there before to Greece? I never – no. It was my first time in Greece. Gotcha. How did you find it? Like what did you – did you have anything – any expectations of Greece, the waters, the animals or anything? Was it just really cool? I had no idea basically because they called me and were like, here is your flight. Oh, wow. You join us there. So I was like, okay, okay, cool. Um, I met them there. I didn't know, but it's it's actually in the Mediterranean Sea, and there's no corals. Right. So that's really different. It's more about uh, the topography, the mm, rocks, yeah. the way like the way that the island got formed and everything. And it's there's a lot of wreck as well. So yeah. it's a totally different diving than what I'm used to. So at first I jumped and I was like, whoa, wh- where are the corals? There's no color. Yeah. I was kind of confused, but then I, I understood. And then I started to look for smaller stuff. And we went inside of a like a cave with stalactites oh yeah they were like stalactites we had to go under and then you come up inside and there's stalactites so yeah it's really the geological formation that is interesting got it wow okay that's way cool so you like go from the hydrothermal vent which is like a geological you know um really cool thing to greece where there's even more you're diving in caves and there's stalactites or stalagmites i know there's a different version there um (laughs) got it then it's off to Egypt, and yeah. in I'm trying to take a little side shoot here too, because looking at your Instagram, there's a lot of really cool shots, and there's a few I want to call out. But one of them is, and you do a really nice job just getting people excited about scuba diving, not from all of your underwater shots, but some of your land shots where you are. In this case, I'm looking at you. Where is it at? On a back <laughs> of a camel. Um, I knew you were going to talk about. Yeah, you it. do it. Huh? You, you know, it's coming in full scuba gear. And, you know, it, it just, it's so cool. So, so talk about Egypt because I'm through, I'm really interested about like, just like the Middle Eastern region and the ocean life there. Cause I honestly, I knew nothing about it. I really like to get some people on to talk about it, but tell me about top to bottom your trip there. Well, first of all, it's quite a big cultural shock. Mm. Uh, like the culture is absolutely amazing. I got to say that I met incredible people, but it's really different than what we're used to. Um, so when I first arrived, I got a bit shocked, food, people, traffic, uh, it was a bit overwhelming, but I knew that I was going to get to the ocean at some point, what to the water at some point. So I was like, okay, it's going to be all right. Right. Uh, then I met my guide. So I, I needed a guide to go there because traveling by myself, doing all of that, I didn't feel quite confident enough and I had good contact. So I was lucky enough to have a guide. And he brought me everywhere. Nice. Uh, the Red Sea had always been like a dream because everybody talks about the Red Sea. It's beautiful. And, you know, like it's the Red Sea. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't disappointed. Really? I got to say that the corals, the coral are amazing. They are super healthy as well. The colors, it's like, it's next level, definitely. Really? So that's the first thing that got me the corals. Then um, the people as well are really nice. Right. I got, I got surprised. So in general, I got to say that Egypt was pretty positive. I've been sick, unfortunately. Um, food, maybe I'm a bit sensitive sensitive with food, unfortunately, but that's part of the of traveling, right? Yeah, for sure. You never know what you're going to get in your system. So yeah. tell me about like, um, 
the locals that you were in the ocean with, the dive folks, et cetera, like t- how would you describe kind of the ocean, I don't know, culture uh, for diving where you were there in Egypt? You know, what, what was that like? Was it just like anywhere else, a dive shop and people who just love diving, you know, diving and everything? Or was it, did you find it any different? Um, I've talked with a lot of, I met a lot of people during this trip and in general, they were really passionate about their animals and their coral and everything. One thing that I'm not sure is that they don't know what's happening outside because what they have is so amazing. Then I would show them, some of them, I would show them like, Hey, look, that's what it's like over there. And they were like, but where are the corals? Like they have the best, you know, they have beautiful. And I met a lot of people and I was like, do you know that you guys are lucky? Do you realize that mm. what you have is, and you have to take care of it? And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. And I was, you know, I was, I had this this conversation with a few people. Right, right. But in general, of course, they are an animal lover. They are a sea lover, so diving lover. Yeah. So, That's yeah. so neat. That's such a neat aspect of your trip or any any world travel is, is visiting new cultures and understanding how they see the world, how they see the yes. world at large, but also how they see their you know, little part of the world, you know? And so that's so cool um, to see that perspective about them and the Red Sea and everything. And one thing is that I'm not traveling to go around to tell people, hey, don't use plastic or yeah. don't do that. But I, I met a lot of divers that were actually using um, single-use bottle of water because over there water is a bit different. Yeah. And I was trying to get them to understand that you're a diver. If you continue like this, what you're gonna, what you're seeing now is not going to be there. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I try to be more positive and not blame people. Yeah. But more to get the information true. Right. Yeah. Did they get it? Did they did they understand that and acknowledge what you with the point you're, you know, trying to make? Yeah, I could see that some of them were like, Yeah, you're probably right. Because they would see that we use I use a reusable one and they could understand and I was telling them if you want your kids to die later, yeah. you gotta do the change, you know. Yeah, gotcha. So I could see that the message was getting there, but it's in their culture as well. So if they've been doing it since they're young, then it's a bit harder. But so you say that the Red Sea just looks so beautiful and nice. Would you say that because it is in such a, I wouldn't say pristine, I don't know if anything's pristine nowadays, but in such a very nice state of being that they don't see it deteriorating and so they don't yet take as serious as maybe the rest of us who see the ocean declining in certain areas, that that aspect? Is that, is there any... I, I would I wouldn't that. say that. Yeah. But to know how good what you have is, you sometimes you need to kind of lose it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you don't realize how good things are until you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I know that a lot of them are super aware and like are doing project aware and are working really hard. So the dive population is still working hard. They know it. But I met a few people that maybe were not as aware. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's probably, I bet you we could say that for anywhere in the world, probably. You know, there's a, a part of the ocean culture in any town or any country where they're really tuned in to preservation, conservation. And then there's another half ish that, you know, they love the ocean, absolutely. But it's just not on the forefront of their mind around the conservation, preservation. That's just, exactly. That's and it's, it's okay. We got to respect people, but I know we're going to yep. get to a point where everybody's going to have to do his part. Yeah. Agreed. But agreed. respect. It's all about respect. Yep. Definitely. Yep. I get you. Okay. So Egypt, what was next after that? Oh, I didn't tell you about the camel though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> tell me about this camel. So, 
one day I was in Dahab uh, with my guide and uh, we were on the way to the Blue Hole. You probably heard of it. Yes, yes, the I have. Hole. And I see those guys with camels and I'm like, oh my God, I need a picture. Uh, because there's a dive site that you need to go uh, on the camel to, to reach. You cannot go by car. <laughs> That's so cool. And usually they attach your gear also, uh, on the side of the camel. So you're yeah. just sitting on it and you have your gear. I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I, I want to be on. <laughs> so I asked my guy to to talk to to ask him if it's okay and they put me on it and i'm just scared that i'm gonna <laughs> i'm yeah, gonna fall face first when he, when he lifts his butt <laughs> yeah. and i'm like okay i'm holding on super hard and my god is filming and it's really really funny i don't understand what's going on because they don't speak french yes yeah. english so i'm like okay and then we took this picture and it just got it went viral no so, way i bet it, but classic. it was awesome yeah, yeah. it's cool because the camel's got his like you know, that sideways mouth thing where the jaw below <laughs> goes different way than the top. And he, it's a great one. I'm going to have to put that's that in the example. show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put it so people can see it. That's, that's a funny picture, definitely. But one of the other really neat things, um, now the Dugong, did you dive with that guy? I'm seeing a picture in Egypt as well. Yes, so that was in Marsa Alam, if I'm correct. Um, basically there's a bay where there's a few that are resident. They, they stay there. They eat the grass. Yeah. Usually they move around, but there's a few that stay there. They are in danger if I'm correct. Yeah. So there's less and less every day. Right. And the first day when I met uh, the guy from the dive shop, I was like, okay, I really would love to see a dugong. It's like, I'm going to try to do my best, but dugong. you cannot, you cannot order a dugong. Yeah, you know? yeah. They'll show up if they want to. Yeah. We're on that Zodiac and we move around. Usually they do snorkel dugong. So mm. you don't dive with them. But I'm like, I want to dive. So they bring me on the Zodiac and 45 minutes, I'm in the front of the Zodiac just looking. Okay, yeah. I need to see, spot that dugong. We know that they need to come to the surface to breed. So they have to come up at some point. So my my guide is like, yeah, we, we can't find some, unfortunately. We got to go. I'm like, no, five more minutes, please. Yeah. And then suddenly I see this big potato because yeah. it's massive <laughs> pop to the surface. <laughs> and I scream, dugong. So I grab my gear, put it on. And I jump in the water and swim down, and I'm alone at that point. Oh, and cool. I'm wearing only one dive boot because I'm so like in a hurry. Oh, yeah, I only have one dive. Jumped boot. in. If you look on the picture, yeah, you can see that I'm wearing. One. I can see it. Yeah, you have no boot boot on that one foot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't care. So I'm down there alone with the dugong, and I'm just—it's a moment. I wow. I live the moment, and I'm just filming and like interact, not really interacting because they just eat. Basically, right. they eat the grass. Yeah. And it's when I got my photos and video. Those um, of the dugong. That's a story. That's cool. So they didn't really. He didn't really care. You were there. He's just chowing away, doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to put the light so I wouldn't blind yeah. him because I could see it was kind of closing a bit his eyes. So I was trying not to blind him. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, okay, so where did you go then after after Egypt? Um, after Egypt, I went to Lebanon. Yeah. Interesting. Did one, did one dive in Lebanon on the wreck. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I made it to Philippines. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Now, and had you already been, after your time in Southeast Asia, in Thailand and near Indonesia, had you been to the Philippines before? No, I've never been to the Philippines. Gotcha. No. Cool. Uh, the animal that I wanted to see was a treasure shark. Oh, okay. Did the you one see? with the long tail. Yeah. Was, and you've got a picture of one I'm seeing here. I do. It was hard because they don't come really close. So mm. yes, that was the one that I wanted to see. That's cool. So how much, so 
diving the Philippines, did you do multiple spots or different regions of, of the Philippines? Yes. Um, I did uh, this place with a treasure shark uh, on Malapascua Island. And then I moved to Malbo, where there's a sardine run. I also have, I think, a picture or video yeah. uh, with all the sardines. That was impressive. Yeah. You can feel the energy of the of the ball, like the, the school. You can feel the energy when they move. Yeah. No, that was the other picture I wanted to call out. I'm glad you talked about it. Is It's mm-hmm. so uh, – that's like – it's like for me – and like you probably too, you know, that, that hammerhead migration, this huge school of hammerheads to be part of that. And then a huge gigantic ball of sardines that you, this picture of you, it's incredible. It's like you on the right and this huge ball on the left next to you. And it's kind of doing that formation thing. Like it's just doing this mini formation thing around like the curvature of where you're going to be. It's just so, so, so how was that to see that? I mean, was it just incredible? It's it, like I said, it's like the energy, you feel them. And I was just like, really? guys, wait for me. I want to be with yeah, you. Yeah. And of course, they, they, they're a bit scared of you. So they, they tend to go away. But if you stay calm yeah. and you go slow, usually you can go really close. Um, I can't, it's really like the energy you get into. And I was with my friend that uh, took the picture, Kevin. And um, yeah, so he was pretty far from me. So I was really alone with them. Yeah. That was uh, that was a really good feeling. Wow. And sometimes you could have like a shark coming to eat. Right. <laughs> because they are bait fish. Yeah. So yeah. but I didn't see uh, anything on that day. There was there was nothing bigger. Right, right. So did you have any kind of like um I mean, so many dives, you know, did you ever have any moments where you were um uneasy about any of the animals, maybe it was a shark or even about the conditions, any like, you know, stories where you were uneasy or maybe a little bit concerned for safety at all? Um, when I'm underwater, usually everything is under control. The, the main rule is to stay calm yep. and to be aware, control your air, control what you can control. But I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. There was one day I was in, in the Red Sea at Brother Island. It's called Brothers Island, and over there, there's a lot of oceanic white tip. Oh yeah. So this is a, a next level shark. I love sharks. They are like, I love them. Yep. But I was filming a shark, and then um, I could hear like. And then I turned around and there was one behind me. There was nothing dangerous. Like it didn't want to bite me. It was yep. not aggressive or anything, but just being like surrounded and you need to always look at them, show your, your, your face. That's why we're many. So we can always have an eye on them. Yeah. Um, the sun was coming down and you know, that's when they start to hunt. I never felt like really endangered. But I could feel the tension a bit in the water, really? you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I knew that. Okay, Sarah, I think you had what you needed. Yep. Now you're ready yep. to go. Yeah? yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I never felt like threatened or in danger by shark. And that's one thing that I want people to understand is that it's not dangerous. There's no dangerous shark. There's yeah. only dangerous situation. That's right. And yeah. you put yourself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah? That's yeah. a great one. You know, and, and I've had some been really blessed to have some folks here who are like shark. I mean, they've spent their lifetime getting the word out about shark preservation and conservation and just seeing their photos of people free diving with great whites and talk mm. and relaying the story of how the animal was just like, just looking at them so calm, so peaceful, you know, of course things could change, but for the most part, these guys have spent years diving with sharks and it's nothing but just another animal that 
if you act the correct way in their environment, they're going to respond accordingly. You know, it's just, it's really, it's really cool. And people trying to spread the word about shark conservation. Um, cause you know, sharks are having a hard time right now, unfortunately. I know. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Philippines, uh, was there a certain animal there you want? Oh, thresher shark. Okay. Thresher shark. Yeah. That was my main goal. I would love to see a blue ring octopus, but unfortunately I didn't get to see it. But I saw something incredible. I saw mermaid purse. Do you know what's a mermaid purse? Nah, no, I don't think so. What is it? Tell us. So mermaid purse is actually uh, the the egg of a shark because there's okay. different type of shark. Some of them give birth to living young, but yeah. some of them give birth to eggs. And we found a batch of mermaid purse with shark in it. That's cool. Like. I know a lot of professionals that dove in their life, crazy amount of that. I've never seen it. And yeah. I we found a bunch. That yeah, was cool. insane. Right. I cried in my rag. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, that's Took so some of it. Because yeah. you can kind of see through them, right? So you can see the little shark in there just still developing, with, basically. With the yolk, and you can see yeah. them, their heartbeat. You can see them oh, move. Wow. That was a lot. That's cool. That's super yeah. cool. Um, okay, so from Philippines. So... Was that then like in in terms of like continent wise? Was that like Asian continent in terms of like crossing off your list? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. But I went to Indonesia after, so okay. Indonesia was also part of uh, gotcha, Asia. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then what was next? Did you get down to Africa? What was the next spot? Um, Egypt was actually Africa. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what was next then? Coming here to. Uh, no, I, I did stop in Australia. Ah, yeah, okay. Tells yeah. you how good I am with geography. Okay, so Australia. <laughs> Where did you land there? Um, in Australia, I first uh, went to Wolf Rock, which is in Rainbow Beach. So this is another crazy place. I don't know why, but I always tend to choose crazy places. Yeah, good. Um, this is a rock in the middle of, not, the, not in the middle of the ocean, but that's where the gray nurse shark go to uh, when they're pregnant. Oh, cool. And Grainer shark, we think about a nurse shark, but go Google it. You'll see what I mean. We're talking about three, like two, three meters, massive sharks. Oh, wow. And there's there's like 50 of them, and they really? just go there to rest. And yeah. they are female. There's also a female. Uh, massive grouper. Like I've seen seven uh, massive, like crazy Queensland grouper, they're called. Uh, leopard shark. All of there is, is chilling on this rock. Just it's hanging in the out all right the there. Yeah. yeah. Really? Um, I was filming at that moment, and a big male came straight to me and slapped my camera. No way. He was not happy that I had my light. Yeah. He was like, no. Wow. So he just slapped me. Um, so it's called Wolf Rock, and you go on a Zodiac. It's really epic. Uh, there was crazy current. There are massive rays that were like three times bigger than me, and they're like in the current just yeah. flipping there. Flying. And, and I'm like holding with a hook, like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, just, yeah, just, I'm, I'm swimming. <laughs> oh. So that was my first place in Australia. Then I went to the Young Gala. I don't know if you've heard of the Young Gala. It's one of the top no. wreck in the world. Got it. No. Is What kind of boat or ship was it? Uh, I don't remember. And the problem was that there were so many fish that I couldn't see the boat. So many fish all around it. <laughs> there were so many glass fish, we call them, and other fish that you could not see the boat. Wow. Then you would go on top, and then you would see it. But uh, yeah, gotcha. So you you got a wreck dive in Australia. But what about the animal choice or the animal of uh, you were looking for to see there? Uh, in Australia, I was my plan was to go down to in Adelaide to see the leafy sea dragon. Oh yeah, 
heard of it. Yep, Unfortunately, I, I didn't get the chance to go because Australia is quite big. It's a big continent, big yeah. place. And it's also uh, fairly expensive. Yeah. So just to move around. Yeah. But I got some amazing diving uh, up, up Norder. Yeah. Nice, nice. And then does that then catch you up to where you are today in Southern California? Um, just before coming to South California, uh, to California, I went, I did a live aboard in Raja Ampat. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, um, West Papua. Oh, uh, wow. I got, in, I got invited on a live aboard, like a pirate live aboard for no 10 way. days. That's insane. I, yeah, that was just unique. It's one of the best diving in the world. Um, so I went there and that's where I got in a big storm. Oh, really? Yeah, I Talk got scared. About that. What was that? Like you're on the boat at sea and guys got hammered by a storm. Yeah, so we're on the way to do the big crossing. So it's 14 hours, if I'm correct, and we're sleeping. And in the middle of the night, I'm sleeping and I get a drip on my forehead. So I'm like, whoa. I, I wake up and I'm like, where's this water from? I look up and I'm soaked in no my bed. Way. I'm soaked <laughs> and like, okay, what's happening? And the boat is kind of tang tanging, tangling, I don't know the word, yeah, but yeah. it's moving. Right. Um, I'm not seasick. So for me, it doesn't really affect me, but I'm like, what's going on? And then suddenly a lot of water comes in and I'm like, okay, we hit a storm. Ooh. Rain is, it's raining so much. And we get asked to stay in our cabin because if you go up on the bridge then it's dangerous, if you fall, they will yeah. never find you. Right. So we're all inside. I'm wet. My dive equipment, my uh, my camera, my electronics, everything is there, and I'm like, oh my god, oh, everything's man. gonna be wet. I'm freaking out. I'm trying to cover everything, but I'm on a boat, you know. And I think it was like this for a few hours. I didn't sleep. I was just in a ball waiting, <laughs> oh, being man. like, and I, I actually filmed myself like, hi guys, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, like the last moment of yeah, your life. Totally. I did film myself doing last it. Last confessions, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because the morning after. When we wake up and the sun is out, yeah. you go on the bridge and you're like, okay, I'm yeah. still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a, a bit scary. Oh, it's always it. scary. Yeah, for sure. Especially during the night when you can't see and it's just like, yeah, that's cool. You guys got through it. But then, so where'd the water come in from? Was it just because it was so wet, like coming through like the portholes or the windows of the boat and just... Uh, the water, it was raining a lot and I think waves were probably coming on top. It was coming yeah. from the ceiling, like between the wood okay. and a bit from the porthole as well. Yeah. It was dripping because there was too much water. Right. And you mentioned it was like an older t pirate type of ship. Was that sure like an older boat or something? Uh, it's not that old. It's hmm. just that a lot of liverboard over there are made of wood. Ah, so it's not yeah. as, I don't know what's the word, but... There yeah. can be a bit of water coming yeah, in. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But it was luxurious. I had AC. I had warm, wa hot water. It yeah. was really luxurious, but awesome. it's wood. That's very cool. Um, so, okay. Now, along the way here, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, and it ties back to, um, you know, garbage collection and preventing more garbage is there's trash bag, T-R-S-H-B-G, I believe. that it. Tell, what is that? You've got some shots of you wearing this pretty cool. Tell us what it is first and then how you got involved with that. All right. So um, how it happened, basically, I met another ocean lover and he was like, hey, I know this guy. He just invented this product. So I meet the guy. Um, basically, he's just uh, he's a designer and he's a surfer as well. And when he was surfing, he would always have a lot of garbage and put it in his board short, mm -hmm. but it would be too small. So he built this this kind of device. It's a wearable bag, basically. 
and uh, it can expand it and it's made of recycling material so old tubes and old banners from bali right. and he built that and it's super well made um so at first he was wearing it for surfing and then he thought maybe we could put it for people underwater because i'm doing the same i used to dive and fill my uh, my sleeve with yeah. all the garbage that i would find yep. but this is perfect it's a it's a bag you wear it around your waist and your leg uh, you wear it under your weight belt in case you need to release your weight belt you right, know cool. to be safe and then you just put the garbage that you find when you dive in it and your hands are free um, cool. so we, we got in contact and we got along really well he's actually is Dutch okay. yeah yep um, but he lives in Bali now got it then he got in then the, he has a friend that is building it that is actually sewing it uh, and it's getting bigger and bigger and I, I kind of became their ambassador because they nice. knew I, I was passionate about the ocean yeah. and I loved the idea and they gave me a few and then I did this uh, video on how to use it and we're trying to kind of make it commercial and it's not to make money. Like right. he told me, I'm not doing that to make money. Yep. I'm doing that to clean the ocean. And yeah. that's when we clicked. The guy, I was like, yes, you're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very cool because I do the same thing whether I'm paddling or surfing. You end up, oh, grab this little bag and you stiff it in your wetsuit, etc. And I, I, was, I wonder if, you know, if everybody had one of those, those things, the bags you're talking about, in a way that it wasn't, you know, getting in the way of their activity, whether it's surfing or diving. It sounds like the ones you guys have, and I saw the pictures of you wearing it. It's like a holster sort of, like off your belt, off your side. It can hang off your weight belt. If people had those, it'd be so much easier to grab that piece of trash, you know, that's floating right. by you versus, you know, you're in a bikini, you can't put that anywhere, or maybe board shorts, maybe you don't have a pocket, you know. And But if people had those, I was thinking about, geez, what if that, how, how that might impact just more trash being removed. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, that would be amazing if everybody had one. If you want, I have an extra one. I can send it to you. <laughs> Thank you. It's very cool, though. I was looking at his website and everything. I think it's very, very cool what you guys are doing. Um, so then, Sarah, we know you're taking off. We know we kind of started in the middle of your trip, went forward, and then backed around. <laughs> so when you're done with the trip, Anything, what's next for you? What do you see, you know, uh, in a couple of years, anything else big that you're kind of playing with or thinking about doing? It's a really good question because I'm asking myself the same thing. <laughs> like what after? Yeah. Um, I don't know yet, but I know that it doesn't finish here. It doesn't stop yep. here. That's part of me. That's part of who I am. I don't oh. know where it's going to lead me, but hopefully um, maybe it's going to lead me to have a job. Because yep. all of that is funded by me. Like yeah. I pay for this. That's cool. So hopefully I will get a job in the industry, in the dive industry. Um, I would maybe love to have like a TV show or something yeah. like this. I'll continue on social media for sure yep. to travel and um, show what I do. Maybe a blog, vlogging. So it's it's on the way. I nice. don't know yet. Awesome. I'm, I'm waiting for the opportunities. So if you people out there have opportunities <laughs> yeah. for me. You can contact me. <laughs> ah, oh, cool. Well, best of luck with that. And, and I really admire you for, for, do, for having that conversation with yourself where you said, I want to do more than just dive and enjoy it. I want to be more active and spread the word about conservation and preservation and, and clean up and everything and go off and doing it. You know, I know your, your, your adventure, your trip sounds really, you know, sexy and cool, but I've guarantee it's been probably very challenging at times and tough and difficult and you're in a storm and you're diving in very cold conditions i know there's a lot of challenge to it too which is also i admire you for so it's very inspirational and cool what you're doing thank you so much for following me and encouraging me having people like 
writing to me and encouraging me, for me, it's, it means a lot. Yeah. It gives me the energy to continue and knowing that people care and I'm not the only one that want to change things. So yeah. that's, I, I thank you as well for following the adventure. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. It's been very cool and I'll continue to do so. And I can't wait to see pictures of you, um, diving with your leopard seal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's going to happen. That's Actually, right. it's going to happen. Let's be yeah, positive. Absolutely. I mean, look at all the other epic animals that you've bumped into. I mean, yeah, cap off your trip. Well, so Sarah, I really appreciate all your time today and, and sharing with us, sharing your time and stories. Uh, it's been super fun and uh, I could sit and probably talk for hours about every spot you've been to. Uh, but wanna, if you're ever in the northern part of California in the future in Santa Cruz near Monterey and Big Sur, which has got epic, epic, world-famous kelp forests, let Ooh. me know because um, – We'll get you out there anytime. All right. I'll, I'll be there next week. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> do it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been really, really a pleasure. You're welcome. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please, you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate, you know, spreading the word. Uh, give us a nice little rating on the uh, your podcast app. And uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, Josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.